Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The Steelers are slight favorites against the Raiders on Christmas Eve. If you want to place a bet on any of the Week 16 NFL action, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport, regardless on what time it is, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. You can see the website on your screen and our promo code, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion, 12-year veteran, and Pittsburgh Steelers scout, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, starting today's show on a little bit more of a somber note, you were in the building at the Steelers facility when news broke about Franco Harris's passing. The legendary running back died at the age of 72. That's where I want to start today's show. What was your reaction upon hearing this news, IT? Uh, couldn't believe it. Caught it like six o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, just just retiring his jersey for the fiftieth anniversary between the Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, talking about the immaculate reception, and uh, you get a you get a text um, early in the morning that Franco Harris died. So it's like first it, it's like man, stop playing, and you're like, why the hell I'm gonna play like this? So um. But just to hear, uh, just to see the city embrace Franco, just to see the Steeler Nation embrace Franco, just all around the world. So when I was leaving from the airport, um, of course, when you drop down in the city of Pittsburgh at the airport, you know, they have Franco's uh, immaculate reception as a statue as soon as you come down the escalators. Uh, so they wind up moving the statue up on the main floor around the Christmas tree. And uh, just to see all the flowers, the cars, the thank yous, just to see people taking pictures, um, which they always do. But it's a different kind of time to take a picture around that immaculate statue at the airport in Pittsburgh for Franco. Um, and just sitting down, uh, I, I wind up sitting down in the restaurant and hearing a young lady um, saying how she served Franco, his wife and his son, and how cool um, and how humble of a person um, he was in the family. But, you know, I got to see them in person. And I... I I got to talk to Franco um, with the inductee between Alan Fanica and Troy and Donnie Shell down in Miami a couple of years ago. And he, that was like my first time really talking to him. I talked to Mel Blunt all the time when I seen him, but you know, uh, he's on the defensive side. So of course, um, even I talked to Rocky Blyer a lot. I think me and Rocky probably talked the most out of anybody, but just sitting down and talking to Franco with the little soft voice, uh, he was, he was, a uh, I just asked them why he didn't or why they didn't come around as often. And they said, man, you know, we had our time. We didn't want to hit y'all spotlight, but we love what y'all doing right now. Y'all y'all uh, making us relapse. And we were seeing what we did back in the day uh, when I was in my time between 2003 and let's say 2011 when Pittsburgh defense was really popping. And I was like, nah, we really wanted y'all presence around us because y'all started this, Franco. And he was kind of in awe, like for real. Was like, yeah, we wanna, we wanna feel what y'all feel. We wanna breathe the same air y'all breathe. Um, we just wanted to be around y'all because without the greatness which y'all did in the '70s, it wouldn't be a such thing as a Pittsburgh Steelers in a dynasty. So um, we just had some good moments. 
Uh, we had a hell of a time. I think we talked for like an hour and a half, you know, and that's the longest I probably ever talked to a former 70 Hall of Fame stiller, you know. So um, just talking to Franco, um, but just hearing the other stories, you know, it, it's always refreshing when you hear other people talk about Franco, um, even though I got to see Franco uh, a lot. Um, Franco, for me, was 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 unk. And what I mean by unk is um, somebody who has done something, a pioneer of, some, of something before you. You know, you always want to mimic you always want to get the Super Bowls like them. You know, them boys got four Super Bowls back in the 70s. Uh, we fell two, two Super Bowls short, but we added two more to it in our, in our time frame. So, um, but without them, it wouldn't be a Pittsburgh Steeler dynasty. It wouldn't be a Pittsburgh Steeler nation. Um, I mean, we're famous, and one of the historic moments in the NFL period is that immaculate reception. And it comes off the hands and the feet of Franco Harris. You know, so um, yeah, it was a sad. It was a sad. It was a sad moment. It's a sad week for the for the Steeler Nation um, to lose somebody like him of his caliber. You know, to be one of the the greats at that time in the seventies. But um, he will forever be remembered. Um, he will forever be missed. Uh, one of the reasons why we have that museum now in Akershore Stadium. Um, I don't know if people know, but. Mr. Art and Franco were, were very close. So um, big shout out, much prayers to, you know, Franco Harris and his family, his wife and his son. Um, prayers to Mr. Art as well. Um, but yeah, uh, just to see them six Lombardis going on the second floor at that facility on the south side, uh, just to see the, the still the pictures, just to see the wall of Hall of, the wall of fame not even the Hall of Fame that he's in, but the Wall of Fame on the second floor on the south side at the Pittsburgh Steelers facility uh, with the running backs. Um, Franco was just different. He was just different, but more of a gentle human than anything. And I, and I keep telling myself um, all my life, damn, they have my life because I got to Pittsburgh in my early 20s and I just been surrounded by greatness. Whether it's from my owner, the GM, a coach, or former players, you know? So God has truly blessed me um, to be around angels, you know? So whether they up there visiting him or living with him now, whether they down on earth, I've just been so blessed and so fortunate to be around good people like him, especially Franco. Um, I talk about all the time, there's good people, there's great people, and there, there's just good souls, people with good souls, and that's Franco. You know, Franco has a good soul, you can pretty much Ask anybody. So um, he would give you his last, you know, without even thinking twice about it. So it was always about others. It was never about him. And then when you reflect back into what the 70 Steelers dynasty was doing, they always felt, you know, they had to do it for each other. Then what kind of accolade they was getting individually, it just worked out that, you know, there was Hall of Famers and they wound up having good accolades as well individually. So um, Franco truly will be missed. Um, I called me three angels, so I got Mama Rooney, Papa Rooney, and I got Franco, you know, looking down on me. So that's how I look at it. I thought about that last night, so that's how I'm looking at it. Ike, when you talk to your son Ivan in like 20 years and you talk about the conversation you had with Franco Harris down in Miami, I believe it was for the Super Bowl, what's the takeaway that you're going to share and what are you going to remember from that legendary dinner with 
a lot of the Steelers greats. Well, you, you don't really take it. You don't really take it for granted until they pass, because you know you see them all the time. You know, for people to see Franco, Mel, um, Rocky, uh, Terry, Swan, Starworth, to see them, to see them, you know, all the time. You, you don't really take it for granted. You like they just part of the boys. You know, they unks to me. You know, I, I I get to see them a lot. You know, especially when we have still events, they always come back. So, you know, for others, they they living legends, they rock stars. You know, so um, you kind of you kind of take it for granted. Like, dang, I've been around a rock star my whole life. I ain't even know it. I just thought it was part of the family. You know, which he is just part of the family. Which they are just part of the family. So, uh, my son. You know, he's going through that. He's going through that phase right now. You know, the stage ain't too big for him because he's been around, you know, the Troy Palomalos, the James Ferriers, the James Harrisons, the Big Ben's, the Pounceys, the Jerome Bennett's, the Duke Staley's, the Hines Wards, the Joey Porters, the Casey Hamptons, the Brian McFadden's, the Will Gates, the Shea Townsend's, the Allen Fanicas. You know, he's been around. He's been at the Heath Millers. He's been around them people, yeah. you know. They call they call him uncle. I mean, they call him they call him nephew. So, you know, you know, you know. Later on down the line, the more Hall of Famers that we get, when I was playing, you know, then then him then he might be like, oh, okay, I I see there was that important. But for for him, it's that's uncle, you know. So, just like in my frame, in my mind frame, you know, the seventy Steelers, I've been around them so long because they come around a lot. It was just a uh, you know part of the family. And, you know, for my son, until something happens, you know, it's just they just part of the family, you know, in, in my generation. So that's just how I look at it uh, coming from my son's perspective. Hey, I want to give a little bit of historic perspective here. So Harris set to be only the third Steelers player in the franchise's history to have his jersey retired. Ernie Stockner's number 70 in 1964 and Mean Joe Green the number 75 in 2014. Again, Harris's commemoration set to be on 50 years since the Immaculate Reception, one of the greatest plays in NFL history. On Friday, the NFL Network's going to have a documentary, A Football Life, in honor of Harris. So the timing of this is just, it's tragic. It's very, very sad. But again, you think of dozens of Hall of Fame players that the Steelers have had. And the Steelers don't retire jersey numbers. Now, there are certain numbers that are really unofficially retired. You know, I think of guys like, say, Troy Polamalu. There are several. Yeah, no 43. Where, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. wearing no 43. But yeah, again, yeah. officially, Harris set yeah. to become only the third Steelers in franchise history. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, when your boots on the ground, when you fly into Pittsburgh, that's one of the first things that you see. And everything Correct. I read about Harris, Ike, and I can go through the accomplishments of with the 1,200 career rushing yards. That's 15th all-time. It was third all-time when he retired. He made nine Pro Bowls in 13 seasons, a four-time Super Bowl champion, member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But everything I've read about Franco, it's his humility, his humbleness, and his kindness as well off the field is what people really take away for those that knew him. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was, his kindness, you know. And I hope people ain't take that for granted, but a lot of people do, but he didn't know any better. Franco ain't know no better. Franco just, just thought that's how people should act, just normal. Um, Franco didn't even know he was he wasn't normal in a lot of people's eyes. Man, you you're a rock star. You're a legend. You're superhuman. You know, so 
Um, but that's just the kind of person he was. You know, I can't really get in depth with it. Just off of the moments I spent with him, very soft spoken. Um, will give you the clothes off his back. That's just what he was. He was a man of the people. You know, so uh, he's at a better place right now. So he did his time. You know, when a good man calls you and say time is spent well done, you know, regardless of whether we like it or not. And yeah, it's bittersweet. This week will be a, will be bittersweet um, for the Rooney family, but especially for the still a nation, you know, um, supposed to retire his jersey. And we talking about this is this is only the third jersey. I, I don't even know how many Hall of Fames. I think it's 29 guys in the Hall of Fame for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And only three got their jersey retired from the uh, city and the organization of Pittsburgh. Um, that's, that's saying um, how important Franco was or Franco is to that city, you know. So just a lot of greatness. Um, we can go with the terrible tower. We can go with the great Myron Cope. We can go with the great. Uh, Dan and Art Rooney, um, we can go with the great Franco, Myron, uh, Mama Rooney. It's just, it's just a lot of when I when I be saying this a lot of greatness. I've been surrounded by Mark. It's been a lot of greatness. I've I've been surrounded by Franco. It's definitely one of those. And Ike, I want to go to the Immaculate Reception in 1972 really quickly. So. That was not only just the first Steelers playoff win in the franchise's existence, it was also the first touchdown in Pittsburgh Steelers history because the only other playoff game that the Steelers played in was in 1947. Steelers got shut out in that game. So the historic significance really helped kick off that 1970s decade, one of the most elite franchises in dynasties in all of sports. Now, remember in 1972, they beat the Raiders, but they lost in the next round to the Dolphins in a game that was played in Pittsburgh, despite the fact that that was the 72 Dolphins team. That is the only undefeated team in NFL history. And remember the next season in 1973, Ike, the Raiders knocked off the Steelers in the playoffs. It wasn't until 74 to when the Steelers got their first Super Bowl title but that was the first taste of playoff success for a franchise that had been dormant for decades. And it was mean Joe green. It was Franco Harris and a lot of the other greats, but it was that play that was really the catalyst to sparking what became the 1970 Steelers and one of all of sports best dynasties. Yeah. We got hope that catch was, we got hope. I think that was running back uh Frenchy, Frenchy Fuquay. Yes, sir. Uh, they got hit. And it came off of uh, Frenchie and, you know, Franco's, you know, Johnny on the spot, right place, right time, caught it. But, yeah, that was definitely the spark plug to the Pittsburgh Steelers dynasty. Yeah, Ike, and um, I just hope that it's going to be more of a memorial and a commemoration. And I just hope Franco gets his due looking up from above this weekend and everything. And um, I was at the gym yesterday morning when – Sal Palantonio came on ESPN, and I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Yeah, it was a shock to everybody, especially what's about to happen this weekend. Absolutely. And um, I will go on and move on because I thought we were going to be talking today about Kenny Pickett due to return from a concussion, mm -hmm. set to play, should say, against the Raiders. Let me fix that super really quickly, Ike. Um but Kenny Pickett coming back from a concussion, his second in eight weeks. There we go. I got that fixed. And 
I, I hate to even put this out there, the elephant in the room, because it hasn't happened yet, because this could very well not happen. But I do have some concern if Kenny Pickett were to get a third concussion in a single season. I have concerns there. I'm just going to leave that at that. And again, there's a possibility Kenny Pickett could play the next 10, 15, 20 years and not have a concussion. But it is a concern that I have. And it's something that, again, it's kind of the elephant in the room. And I can't help but wonder. Yeah, you should, Mark. What's what's going down with these quarterbacks? Um, they're really not getting hit to, to be concussed. They're getting slammed to be concussed. Their heads are hitting the grass um, or turf to get concussed. And it just raised a lot of questions on the helmets, you know. Um, just rewinding when we were playing football, how we were hitting, yeah, the helmets were a little bit heavier. And you really saw somebody get concussed because it was a helmet-to-helmet hit. But to see, you know, these guys, you know, uh, helmets tapping the ground, getting concussed, or a shoulder pad even coming at a full force getting concussed, um, it kind of raised some question marks. But what I do like about the NFL nowadays, um, especially about with the tour incident, um, we, all, we all have our understanding and our opinions on that situation. Uh, two games less than five days. Uh, it brings a lot of awareness and player safety has to be even heightened. You know, um, sometimes you have to take, uh, you have to police the player because the player going to play whether he want to play or not. Um, whether you clear him or whether you don't clear him, he going to want to play. Um, and I took my hat off to, um, again, uh, Riverboat Ryan, the Washington Commanders head coach, for, for not allowing Chase Young to hop out there as much as he want to. He said, no, I'm more concerned about your, your, your safety and your health than getting on the field and helping us win. And that comes from a, a coach who played in this league. So he totally understands, you know. So um, other coaches, they, they just might want to win. They might not have that kind of understanding. But um, I will forever tip my, help, tip my hat off to coach Coach Rumbo Ryan, when it comes down to understanding uh, players' health. Uh, for for Pickett, he passed all the qualifications. He passed all the tests. If he's playing this weekend, um, we talked about Pickett learning how to scramble. Now it's time for Pickett to learn how to slide. You know, uh, go it on and, and make that executive decision. If you feel like somebody's coming down the pipeline, duck. Give me a Peyton Manning all day. Because I remember Peyton and Eli, if they felt like somebody was coming down the pipeline, they'll go and fall on the ground. And you can call them what you won't call them. Um, by the end of the day, call them smart. Because they played as long as they played for a reason. They've been successful as long as they've been successful for a reason. They ain't taking them hits. Uh, we're going to make all the throws we need to make. Um, I will adjust pre-snap. So, say, when you talk about the manners, before I take a dang hit coming from one of y'all linebackers or defense <laughs> linemen. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's all Pickett need to do. And I think the NFL, since the tour situation, um, they had to in heighten, me heighten their awareness on what's going on with these, with this, with this player safety. And they got to understand now, man. It, I don't care if the doctor do clear you. Um, by the end of the day, the coach still have the, the green light to say he can play or not. So uh, I'm liking where Pittsburgh is going with this. Uh, but, yeah, Kenny, Kenny is playing. When Kenny plays, Kenny gives the Pittsburgh Steelers 
a better option on winning the ball game. I mean, it's just obviously you're just starting to see that. Yeah. The last three, four games. Um, he's turning into what we think he should be. I'm with you there, Ike. No more fake slides either. It worked at Pitt at in all. college. Yeah, no yeah. fake slides. But no fake slides. Ike, I can't help but wonder too. So Trubisky's under contract for the 2023 season. Mason Rudolph is likely gone. Right. How the Steelers address the quarterback position. It's something I've got my eye on, whether it's do you do that through the draft? Do you pick up someone in free agency? you bring someone back like maybe a Josh Dobbs it's something I'm keeping an eye on and again that comes with prefacing the fact of you gotta keep Kenny Pickett healthy and I'm on record saying this and I'll say it yet again I'd love to see the Steelers get a bodyguard for Kenny Pickett to say hey this is the lineman you're going to be paired with for the next decade plus that's where I land with that so he's got to do some things to protect himself no doubt but Right, For me, right. a successful rest of the season was let's keep Kenny Pickett healthy out there because I want to see what he can do. And I, it's things that don't show up in the stat sheet. I look at that Atlanta game and the clock mm-hmm. management late in the game and the decision-making to keep the ball in bounds, to slide, to avoid turnovers, to avoid taking right. a hit on your throwing shoulder, right. to pin the Falcons deep in their own territory with less than 40 seconds left, and they've got to go the full yeah. length of the field to get a field goal. It's the small things that don't show up in a stat sheet, but it's the difference between winning and losing at the quarterback position. It's not the flashy throws, but it's 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 marginal, but it's the difference between winning and losing in this league. Yeah, when it, for, for a quarterback, especially a franchise quarterback, winning is staying healthy. So at, at all costs, you know. Um, if, he, if, he, if he was a Josh Allen two-something, some change, you know, 6'5", 250, then maybe he might play a little reckless, but you know, there's only one Josh Allen in the league. So protect, protect yourself. Um, and right now, um, just with this transition going from college to the first year in the pros, uh, we we definitely need you, Kenny. So protect yourself. Yeah, and it's going to be frigid, Ike, too, because around eight degrees with the wind chill at four. minus four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, know the you were just there in Pittsburgh too, Ike. You, yeah, you played yeah. there for twelve years I left, too. So. I left. Just in time, because <laughs> I think I think now it's uh two feet of snow that came down in less than uh fifteen hours. My, my brother in Kansas City, Ike, I just have to mention this. He said it's the coldest temperature of his life since the polar vortex. I think that was back in twenty fourteen. You remember the polar vortex? Oh yeah, it's real out there. <laughs> it's real out there, man. It's, hey, Mark, it's real out there, bro. It's real, bro. All right, Ike, keys to the game. For me, it's slowing down this Raiders offense. You can't let the playmakers go in, and here's what I'm talking about. Josh Jacobs out of the backfield, and then Darren Waller at the tight end position. Devontae Adams among the best receivers in the league. It's a concern that I have with Devontae Adams, considering what A.J. Brown with the Eagles did to this Steelers secondary. That's my key is to say, let's keep these guys off the field. Same recipe the Steelers had against the Panthers, I think, would work very well in this game. Control the clock, stop the run, keep your offense out on the field because to me that serves almost as a de facto defense. That's my key, Ike. Yeah, it's it's Josh. For me, it's Josh Jacobs. You and you you make Derek Carr throw the ball. You you have a a, a nice little shot winning the ball game. Considering that you take care of Devontae Adams and know where he's at at all times, but the key to this offense, um, how they've been winning ball games has been through the legs of a Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's been playing out of his mind um, 
contract year, of course, on running the ball. So you hold Josh Jacobs, you have a clear shot of of winning the ball game against the Raiders. You don't hold Josh Jacobs, then Pittsburgh Steelers will take an L. So for me, it's only one person, and his name is Josh Jacobs. I'm with you, Ike. I'm with you. Uh, score prediction for me, Ike, coming off what happened with Harris. And I'm going to ask you a question about that in just a second. But I'm taking the Steelers. You get some redemption, and you honor a Steelers legend. I'm going to take the Steelers on Christmas Eve, 24-20, to 20, against the Raiders at home, Acrisure Stadium, Pittsburgh, PA. Give me the Steelers against the Raiders. I, there's no way I'm picking against the Steelers this week, just considering the news with Franco Harris. I think that plays a role on Christmas Eve. I'll go by seven. I'll go 17 to 10 Pittsburgh Steelers. When you're in the locker room pregame, Ike, are there coaches that bring this up and say, like, is this something that is discussed among the players pregame, pregame speech, locker room at all? That's what I wanted to ask you about. No, not at all. When, when stuff like this happens, you, you kind of – players been in their own little world, and you, you don't want to mess up players' rituals before the okay. game, routines before the games. Coaches says nothing to players before the game um, at all. Players just kind of zone out right before the game. But right before you get on the field, as soon as you uh, get done with the Star Spangled Banner um, on defense, well, we'll come together and be like, uh, let's do this for so and so, you know. But before, 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 when you're in that locker room, everybody be in their own little world, so you don't even bother nobody, you know. But as soon as we get on the field, when we huddle up and we hit the field together, that's when somebody say something on the situation. That's what's going on. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Ike, we got to keep this rolling. Lot to get to on today's show. Alex Highsmith snubbed from the Pro Bowl, Ike. I'm going to say it. I've been banging the drum saying he deserves to make it. One of nine NFL players with at least 11 sacks this season. Highsmith has 11. That's tied for seventh in the league. He does need to get more. However, first in the league in forced fumbles off the edge. I know TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick both made the Pro Bowl. I know the Pro Bowl is more of a fan vote versus all pro is more based on merit. But Ike... I'm saying it. I'm saying Alex Highsmith snub. And I hope this serves as a little bit of fuel for him in the final weeks of the season. See if he can beef up those stats, continue what has been very good play for him off the edge. Yeah, I, I just think Mark, hold on, talking to my boss man, Omar. I just, I just, I just think Mark, um, he didn't have the name. That's all it was. Yeah. And when you, when you talk about seven out of sacks, if he was top two, top three, then, of course, uh, he would have definitely gotten that Pro Bowl. Um, but he definitely stated his case. He definitely stated his case. Um, off of the time that T.J. Watt was out, and we talked about going on the left side, which is usually uh, the left tackle, who is usually the best offensive lineman on that side. And for him to do what he did, to have 11 sacks, and that season ain't even over with, um, says a lot about Alex. Uh, well, I call him Smitty, Alex Highsmith. And his development and growth as a professional coming off that edge. So 11 sacks ain't easy to do. I'm sure he probably finish off with 15. That's what it's looking like, depending on the TJ to help that he plays on the other side. So, um, I mean, yeah, I don't think he got snubbed. Um, I think this is his first year, really. This is his coming out year, coming out party, so say. Um, being number seven in the NFL, uh, that says a lot when it comes down to sacks. 
uh, force is it force fumbles? Was it number one? And yeah, with five, five number one in force fumbles. So he's on the radar. I think this year he just he just got his name put on the radar. Uh, next year, um, if he has the same season or even better, then he will probably get in in the Pro Bowl. But seven in sacks so far, it's not going to get you in, which is a lot for him. But he, he definitely got a case when it comes down to the offseason on some cheese. You know, y'all need to give me some cheese. You know, I'm big rat. I'm big rat. I'm big mouse. I need some cheese when it comes down to the offseason. So even though he didn't he didn't get to the Pro Bowl, um, I don't think he got stubbed, snubbed. But stay in this case, though. Y'all can sit all them traps y'all want to. Y'all better give him my cheese. Y'all, yeah. the young kids call it the bag. We still call it cheese, man. Go ahead and get my cheese, my guac, my fetty, my provolone, my cheddar, whatever you want to call it. Whatever cheese you want to call it. If you want to put me out a wine tray and just cheese me out, I don't, I don't care. Alex Hasmith said, man, give me my cheese. Yeah, full charcuterie board, some wine, a me? block of cheese too, Ike. Big you block. Me, give me, yes, sir. Ike, final year of Highsmith's contract, 2023, final year of his rookie deal. What the Steelers do with him? going to be very interesting because we saw this a few years ago with Bud Dupree as well. So we'll see how the Steelers handle all of that. But I don't think you're wrong in terms of his quality of play improves. Someone's going to pay him, whether it's the Steelers or another team in this league. Someone's going to pay Alex Highsmith. It still is going to pay him. I mean, he's going to get paid when he's dirty to get paid. I'm thinking – yeah. Just guesstimating. I'm thinking uh six seven a year. Um so far, six seven a year, do a four year deal. Uh man, get some cheese, build his resume, come back on this third one and hopefully get ten to twelve a year. So yeah, that's I'm just guessing. I'm just speaking guessing. like I a GM, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, it's time for what yins think where our commenters weigh in at Ike. These are Homages to Franco Harris. So Travis Forkner writes in. He says, got a Franco jersey for Christmas back in 1980 and had it on for my school picture. Travis, if you're able to, send us a picture of that. We'll love to see the vintage Franco Harris jersey. I thought that was pretty cool, Ike. Okay. And we've got one more, too. Uh, Anthony Pugli says, love this play. Happy black and golden anniversary to Frenchie, Franco, Terry, Steelers fans, the Roonies, and anyone else that had a contribution says, where were you 50 years ago when Franco caught the ball at Three River Stadium? Ike, I wasn't born. Uh, he, yeah. in, in our commenter, Anthony says he didn't actually get to see the play. He was only five years old. It wasn't on TV in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania, where he grew up. Because before that play, historically, the Steelers were one of the worst teams right. in all of the league. Right, right, and again, right, right. that really flipped the script in how you think about the Steelers now. Like you said, Ike, earlier in the show, it really gave the franchise, the team, and the city hope. Yeah, I mean, just uh, thanks for all the uh, – I mean, first of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. But thanks for everybody who keep coming up with these questions or just comments and what you think segment between Mark and I. Really appreciate y'all with that one. But, yeah, man, just I wasn't born at the time. I mean, but I've I've seen it multiple times over and over and over, um, especially coming from that Steelers facility, yeah. that immaculate reception. And the Roonies and the, and the Steelers Nation really do and really believe that that immaculate reception has sparked the dynasty for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's why this weekend will be a bittersweet weekend, um, not only for the, for the Harris family 
not only for the Steelers organization, but man, just for Steelers Nation. But we got so many, we got so many people in Steelers Nation. They ain't even tripping. The love and support is always at a hundred. Like I got to give two shout outs here. My dad grew up in Cleveland and I was texting him some. He says okay. he remembers watching the Immaculate Reception live when That's it crazy. happened. And although my dad was a Browns fan, the best man at his wedding is a huge Steelers fan. Huge Steelers okay. fan. Their whole family. So shout out to the Duffy family as well to keep my dad in check and everything too. So um, I'm going to, as soon as we're done with today's show, I'm going to have to call my dad. I'm going to see him this weekend with the with okay. Christmas and everything too. Just ask him about his memories of all of that too. Cause uh again, just before my time, Mike, just before my time. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was eight years before my time. I, I wouldn't even thought about it yet. <laughs> I think week 16, we gotta rip through some picks. Thursday night, Jags at Jets. It looks like Zach Wilson's gonna give it a go. Uh, who you got in Thursday night matchup tonight, uh, which kicks off a weekend yeah. full of football. Jack Sunshine been playing good. Trevor Lawrence been playing out his mind. He's been the best quarterback uh, for the past, what, six, seven weeks? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Sunshine all day. Um, the running game with Travis Etienne, he's been running crazy. Uh, these young studs, they got a receiver between Zay Jones. Zay Jones had a had a field day last week. Um, Kirk has coming from Arizona. He's been that spark that he need to be for the for – the, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the defense has been playing um, not top tier defense, but optimistic defense when whenever they need to play, they'll find up and they wind up getting to play, give Sunshine back the ball and Sunshine to do what he needs to do, whether that's putting them in field goal position or scoring them to a touchdown. So, Mark, um, Trevor, Trevor has been the hottest quarterback. Um, he hasn't been the hottest topic because Purdy been the hottest topic coming from San Fran before it's like the hottest quarterback statistically the last couple of weeks it's been sunshine aka Trevor Lawrence so I'm gonna go with the Jacksonville Jaguars I love how you're giving the shout out sunshine from uh remember the Titans Ike the parallel that, that's not lost on me Ike that's why I always okay, laugh okay. hilarious okay. nickname Jags have won three of four Jets have lost four of five to me this right. is a momentum game and I think that the Jags have a shot at stealing the AFC South because Ryan Tannehill now out for the rest of the season with the Titans. Give me the Jags on the road as well against a Jets team, Ike, that I just yep. think is falling off at the wrong time of the season. So we'll go yes. to our next. Go ahead, Ike. No, you, you're right. I agree with you 100%, Mark. All right, we'll get to Christmas Eve. Lots of games to get to. Falcons at Ravens. Ike, to me, I don't even know what to do with this. And the reason being, this was the game Lamar Jackson was targeted to be back. Well, he didn't practice on Wednesday. So Ravens are seven-point favorites, but is Lamar playing? Is Lamar not right. playing? I don't right. know. And until I know the answer to that game, Mike, it's hard for me to predict this game. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the Falcons because I need the Falcons to win so the Pittsburgh Steelers can win and have opportunity to enheighten their uh, playoff eyes. So I'm going to rock with the Falcons. All right. Commanders at 49ers, Ike. I know you like both of these teams, just the style of play. The floor is yours. Right. I mean, it, uh, from, a, from a defense standpoint, they play the same style. Four threes, smash mouth, uh, get straight to you. I think right, I think the offense right now is just too much. I think Purdy, I think Purdy, he's he playing Purdy right now. Um, Purdy has, has a, right now, confidence has an all-time high. And I think his team 
it's giving him that confidence um, from the offensive line standpoint to the guys he has in the backfield to receive position. And I, I think he understands his defense is rocking with him. You know, he understands, man, I don't turn the ball over. We're going to win a lot of ball games because my defense at least will give me opportunities after opportunity. So Purdy is doing exactly what he needs to do. Y'all can call that game management quarterback. Well, hell, if you're managing the game and you and you win it and you beat some of the greats and some of the GOATs, um, that's exactly how you like it. You know, he understands right now he's not at a position where they're going to give him the where they're going to give him the playbook and say go win a ball game for us. He just understands when I need to run the ball. If I'm in a tight situation, I run the slide. Um, Coach Shanahan will find multiple ways to give CMC the ball, or I just need to make the right read. As long as I don't put my team in a bad position, I'm good with my defense. So I'm a Robert Purdy right now. I'm a Robert Purdy. Purdy been playing pretty good so far. Ike, I'm going to go with the commanders to cover at least. It's a seven-point spread, and I think they might come out a little bit angry considering they should have beaten the Giants because the Terry McLaurin penalty where he wasn't lined up at the line of scrimmage after checking with the referee. And then you could argue that the final play that they had offensively against the Giants, that it was pass interference. I'd argue that the commander should have won that game a week ago. I'd make the argument. So I think that they come out. I don't know that they outright beat the 49ers, but that seven point spread, I do think that the commanders will cover now, don't get me wrong. You want to talk about uh, ground game. Brian Robinson, uh, since he came back from, from his uh, shooting incident, he, he ain't been doing nothing but balling. That's that's all he's been doing. And uh, Taylor Heineke just keep making uh, Coach Ron Riviera um, decision-making between him and Carson Wentz uh, easy. Man, I got to play Heineke. I got to play Taylor, you know. So, that's, but he he feels like he's just putting the team in a in a better situation to win. That's just what it is. You know, you can just you can just see the players just rally around Taylor right now. You know, they like when Taylor is back there. Uh, so, and Coach Ron understands that again because he once played before. Um, so, yeah, the defense been playing good for the for the Washington Commanders. They don't you they don't have to blitz, and the reason why they don't have to blitz, they sitting on about four uh, first round. Defense alignment. So when you got them kind of guys sitting around around there, they're going to get to the quarterback. They're going to find a way. But I think it's just going to come short. Um, I think I think San Fran, um, San Fran just, San Fran just on a, they're on a mission. They're on a mission. I think they still, I think they still had that, that salty taste from last year on what happened, you know. So I, I think, I think this year they just, they just on a mission, and I, and I think they think they they defensive coordinator. Um, this might be his last year. Coordinate them, so I'm sure they want to send him out mm-hmm. um, with a bang, and that's and that's getting him a ring. Um, unless you know, San Fran said, "Man, hold off. We'll just pay you like a head coach while you're over here." That that might be the only reason he stay. But you can just tell on the defensive side, them boys playing for their DC um, and Demarco Ryan. They 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 plan for that young man. I mean, they plan they plan out they plan out their body for that young man. Um, they having fun. They are very aggressive. Um, he looks like when he's talking in front of them, man, I take the fine. Yeah, y'all play reckless and let me take the fine. And it 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 looks like it's making me reminisce because it's just like how we used to play ball. Um, back when I played, we used to tell each other that, hey man, hit 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 whoever you need to hit how hard and whether you need to hit them, and we'll all put the money in the pot and take the fine, we'll just split the fine. 
that's just what it is. And when when you get to play like that, man, that's reckless football. That's reckless football. People don't want to see you with that reckless football. So um, I'm gonna go with San Fran all day on this one. You would do that with your Steelers teammates, Ike? No, 100. percent We put a pot, put money in the pot, put money in the pot, put money. You got to put that out. You got to put that out on tape. Um, them boys ain't playing over them. So it, it makes other teams play outside their body, which they're not accustomed to. You know, when 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 I'm holding a receiver and holding them up, and James Harrison, you know, saying hold that ML for up so I can knock him out while he's running while he's running to him. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's them it's them it's them kind of stories. And this this is this is real life. This is real mm-hmm. life football. You know, so yeah, that's 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 how we played when I played. Bless the soul of any of your opponents, Ike. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Wow. Um, Eagles, Cowboys, Ike, and whether Jalen Hurts plays is the looming. Yeah, I'm looking at TV. Coach said he's not going to play. Okay. Coach said Jalen isn't going to play. Give me the Cowboys. So what, Gardner, if they've Gardner, got a Gardner Mitchell is going to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give, give me the Cowboys then, just given their defense. And it's like, are the Eagles going to lose any other games between now and the end of the regular season? And even if Hertz was playing, this would kind of be the game that you have circled on the calendar. Now, the Eagles have had a favorable schedule, no doubt about that. But, um, right. I mean, I don't have it. I don't know what to expect from Gardner Minshew. We've seen, he, he's almost got Gardner Minshew, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, Ike, but my interpretation is like, little bit of Ryan Fitzpatrick in him where it's just like super high ceiling but super low floor and you don't know what you're going to get. That's just yeah, my interpretation. Who they playing? Dallas. If Hurst ain't playing, I got Dallas. I mean, they, they just swapped it. Um, Philly beat Cooper Rush in Dallas last time. Um, Dak didn't play. So now they just swapping it out. That's, that's how I'm looking at it. So I'm going to take Dak. Um, and, and and Dallas still had the opportunity to win with the Jalen Hurts playing. So I'm going to go ahead and take Dak and company uh, with this one over the Eagles. I think the Cowboys are going to be at home. Let me double check that as well, like just to okay. be certain about that. Yeah, the Cowboys are at home for this one as well on Christmas Eve. So sound pick. I'll, I'll go with you there. A uh, few more to get to. Packers at Dolphins and Ike, one of those games where you go down to Miami this time of year and it's confusing because it's like everywhere else in the country is freezing cold and it's at least decent down all the way in Miami. I'll go with the Dolphins as they continue to try to position themselves for the playoffs. Dolphins a three and a half point favorite. Just don't like the way that the Packers have been playing this season. They did get some redemption in week 15, but I'll go with the Dolphins Tua and company, and uh, the two receivers they got on the outside. Yeah, who's who's been hotter than a rookie receiver Watson for the past four games? Oh, the yeah. Bay Packers. Nobody, right? But like you said, Mark, um, the Miami Dolphins went into Buffalo, and I thought that cold weather was going to slow them down. The goddamn Waddle did the Waddle. <laughs> you know, Waddle caught that goddamn slant across the middle and, and took off like he was just coming out of spaceship. So, and 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 Tyreek Hill um, off a press bump, man. I don't even know why you're doing that. He ran him off that thing, throw the ball up. If I'm even, I'm leaving. That's exactly what Tyreek did. So they impressed me. 
Uh, Miami did really did impress me going into uh, the Buffalo Bills, even though they lost. Uh, that cold weather really didn't didn't affect them like I thought it. And we ain't even talking about uh, Raheem Musker, their running back. I mean, the man went for 100 and 30 some yards. Damn, they had 100 the first the first half. So, you know, Miami is really really impressing me right now. So I'm, I'm gonna stick with Miami. Um, even though I like Watson and what he's been doing as a rookie, since he dropped that pass against Patrick Peterson against the Minnesota Vikings, he just took off after that. Yeah. And you can tell um, that's that's his go-to when it comes down to receiver Aaron Rodgers' go-to. Um, yeah, yeah, he, I he, can that that Dolphins game. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's like snow football must-watch TV. Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, the Dolphins really surprised me when they went to Buffalo. Uh, maybe they really did. I was thinking something totally different. Uh, but no, nah, they surprised the heck out of me. They did, they did a real good job. But I got them, I got them beating the Green Bay Packers. It's just hard to contain. It's hard to contain, you know, Tyreek and Waddle. Just contain them. It's hard. It's hard. And, and Mike McDaniels, he's just finding, he, he, he finding, he finding ways. Right now, the only team who can win the beat him is the San Francisco 49ers. And that's just off of hitting hard, you know. We're going to hit y'all hard, make y'all take two plays off, go to the sideline, boy. And that's what San Fran doing. You know, it ain't nobody really hitting like San Fran. So, yeah, um, I got the Miami Dolphins. Bucks and Cardinals, Ike. I'll take the Bucks because I don't know who's lining up at quarterback. Yeah, this the is the Cardinals. third stream uh, quarterback, Trace. Uh, make sure it's started for the Cardinals. So, yeah, I'm there you the go. There you go. So, I'll take the Bucks on the road as they try to keep pace in a very weak NFC South Cardinals dealing with injuries at the quarterback position, your third stringers in how much can you really expect? So I'll take the Buccaneers in that one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then we got chargers and Colts on Monday night, day after Christmas chargers on the road, four and a half point favorite. Way that they've been playing and the Colts blowing a 33 point lead. Jonathan Taylor also on IR as well. I will go with the Chargers. As again, they try to keep pace with playoff positioning. It's like, who does it mean more for? And I'll take the Chargers in this one. I mean, if you put Justin Herbert in the two minute offense, the whole game, he's going to wind up smoking. You know, that's what Justin Herbert been doing. When they needed to score and they usually been under two minutes or three minute football, let's go. You know? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to take Justin and company, Eckler and company, Keenan and company, Mike Williams and company. You know, I'm going to take, take them boys on the offensive side of the LA Chargers. Um, it's just hard to stop. It's hard to stop them boys. It really is. It's hard to stop them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get the Chargers. Um, I, like, I like the growth and development as a quarterback of Justin Herbert. Um, you know, now he got now he got his squad back. Just how we were talking about Cincinnati and their receivers mm-hmm. coming back and being healthy. Justin Herbert, he got his he got his squad back with Mike and Keenan and company. He got his squad back. So yeah, that's what I got. Hi T, you're the absolute best. I want to thank you, the Believe Network, today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, BetOnline.ag. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers show. Thanks for tuning in, making us a part of yes, your day. Sir. Merry Christmas, happy holiday season to everyone out there, Ike. And if there's anything else I'm leaving out, please feel free to fill in. No, nah, big shout out to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Big shout out to Mark, uh, my co-host, uh, bro, love you to death. Say what's up to your family, mom and dad, lady, Will do. and everybody. 
Um, big shout out to everybody who always working behind the scenes um, for our show. Uh, major props to BetOnline.ag for sticking with us since day one. Uh, what you think? That's one of our favorite segments. Keep asking us questions or giving us comments. We appreciate the involvement between us and our subscribe, subscribers and viewers. I uh, want to thank um, everybody for just tuning in. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Uh, stay safe. Uh, yeah, and peace. For Eric Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you next week. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.